Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral Podcast. This is the sermon from our past Sunday, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will really speak to your heart and mind. My friends, I greet you in the name of Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you. Amen. You may be seated. With exiled Israel, I want us to hear once again the words of the prophet Isaiah, who says, Let the wicked forsake their way, the unjust their thoughts, and return to the Lord, and he will have compassion. Turn back to our God, for he abounds in forgiveness. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, your ways, not my ways, says the Lord. Do you know what time it is? See some of you glancing down at your watches and reaching for phones, but neither are going to help you answer this question of mine. I'm not looking for someone to sound the proverbial track gun to my sermon, though that might be a funny way to start things off would certainly keep me accountable and on time. But the question again, do you know what time it is? This time in which we are alive together. If you were to stand before a day and test it, collect data from the horizon of your world, look out upon your neighborhood, our city. If you were to interpret news feeds and social media accounts, read into our history books, into our scriptures, maybe even read into our life of prayer together, what would you find? Could you discern the time and what it requires of you? Making sense of our time and what it requires of us, I would argue is the steady beat of at least two, maybe three, of our readings on this, the third Sunday in Lent, a mere 21 days out from Jerusalem and Palm Sunday. Only a breath before today's gospel reading, Jesus says this to the gathered crowd, you can discern the appearance of the earth and the heavens. How do you fail to discern this time? This critical moment, translates Sarah Rudin. The horizon uh, and its weather patterns are like a signpost to his agrarian audience. His point is that the subsistence of their community depends, that, that is the very life of the community, depends on their ability to interpret the signs. The appearance of the earth and the heavens, you know how to discern, but this moment, Jesus questions, this season, this critical juncture, this appointed time, ton de kairon de tuton, in the Greek, how do you not know how to discern it? This astonishment front loads our passage this morning and bears its full weight, its full yield in the warning and parable that Deacon Rob just read in our hearing. And it's important I would say, 
that we stand with that first audience, alongside them, and experience the force of Jesus and his teaching. His perplexity, perhaps. Much of life is about making sense of the time and acting accordingly. It's, I wouldn't say that's, that's news to us. But if we don't know the season and set forth the fruit it requires, as the parable puts it, then we'll be caught like a tree sleeping through the spring. My friends, we'll be in very real figgin trouble. Figgin? Fig tree? My friends, that was low-hanging fruit. Oh boy, that was the first joke and maybe the last I'll ever put in a sermon, but... <laughs> but, joking aside, there seems to be, I would say there is, a thunderhead the size of a mountain on our horizon. Stand outside with me for a moment. Do you see it? Can you hear it? Can you feel it in the air? It is important that we be able to know what time it is, make sense of it, and act as it requires. Our world is making sense of the time, knowing full well that our lives depend on whether we can interpret it and act accordingly. I was shown a tweet the other day that said, read the signs and sacrifice what needs to be sacrificed. It was a call for climate justice or climate action. It's good to see you, Charles. It was a call for climate action. But you could really sub substitute the climate crisis for any one of the important issues we face today. Now is the time to test and collect the data. To come to terms with our histories and respond with justice so that we might find a path forward through the cloud to a new horizon, through to a new dawn. Time is of the essence now. Time is everything, so says the world. But if I'm honest with you, I'm not so sure about that anymore. Just, just as I'm not so sure that in spite of all our good effort, and it is good, our sacrifices, our education, our advocacy, and all of our intention. According to the reading today, I'm not sure that we're bearing the fruit required of us, required of the season. The time and what it asks of us can be and is often misunderstood. Because if you look out upon our time as a problem to be solved, a massive knot to change the metaphor on you, well, soon you'll want to start thinking your way through it. But as a knitter myself, I've come to wonder, I've come to see that what at first appears to be a loosening in one place of the knot 
often means a deeper tightening in another part of it. Knots are tricky things to solve, even trickier when you're buried in one. For instance, I've wondered about our hunger for justice. Despite all that we have accomplished in the name of it, and we have accomplished some things, are we not still very hungry? Can we sate this need? I find the scales of justice often swing, but rarely are balanced. I've wondered also about our, our thirst for connection. Despite our access to instantaneous communication, we are becoming more and more isolated from one another. We are at once overwhelmed by the suffering of the world and apathetic to the neighbor who stands before us. And, in, and again, the climate crisis, and listen to me with grace, I love you, my friends, but our Teslas, our travel mugs, us separating the cardboard from the plastic, it's just not going to cut it. The dissonance we feel, that catch in the throat, is an invitation to change course, to change the way we think about the time and what it requires of us. Because Isaiah's words couldn't be more true. Our lives are spent spending silver for bread that won't satisfy. Ourselves for what doesn't sate. Devising plans that won't deliver us. I wonder if we ought to come to terms with the futility of seeing the time as a problem to be solved, acting as if we had the moral capital to make up such a deficit. How is it that you fail to discern the time? Like his words, why do you see the speck in your brother's eye and ignore the log that is in your own? Both questions. Can you see how Jesus uses them like a hand hoe, like a trowel to loosen up your heart? your hidden life where the roots are, inviting you to repentance. In our gospel, metanoia is the word for repentance. It literally means to change your mind, to exchange your thoughts. In the Hebrew, shuv is shavu el Adonai, return to the Lord, as we heard in Isaiah. It's so embodied that it's rarely translated as repentance. It means to turn around, turn back going the wrong way. According to our gospel reading, the work of repentance in the parable that Deacon Rob read, according to Jesus, is not our own work. Repentance is not our own work. Thanks be to God. In the parable, if we are the fig tree, then it's already too late. The season is upon us and still no fruit at least the fruit that is required of us, still the vine dresser or the gardener doesn't seem surprised, only attentive, only willing to spend more time with us, only assuring us that it's okay to abandon the path, to leave behind the thought that our time 
is a problem to be solved. The answer to the time and its requirement of us is is the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus, who is the highest and at the same time the lowest way and thought of the living God. Thanks, Charles. I agree. I, I, yeah. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways, not my ways, says the Lord, for as the heavens are high over the earth, so my ways are high over your ways and my thoughts over your thoughts. Highest and lowest. We know this in our season of Lent, right? We know what Jesus says about his future on the way to Jerusalem. In Mark, the Son of Man, Jesus says, must suffer many things. Fail the test of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes be killed and after three days rise. This highest and lowest thought of the living God is the person of Christ who comes not as my idea but embodied, confronting me, inviting me, encouraging me, saying, Rob, in your life you do wonderful things. I'm so thankful for you. I love you dearly. Rob, you also have some skewed ideas. And you're a bit stubborn. It's so good that our faith together doesn't just rely on you. Great, there's a great deal of it that relies on my trust in you. And so I extend my hand to you if you take it. And this highest and lowest thought of the living God is also the Lamb standing in the midst of the throne room of the living God who stands as one slain, the paradox that is at the very center of the creation upon which everything turns. Where I sit in the sanctuary, if I look up to the very top, there is a full stained glass window of the story in Revelation in which John double takes toward the throne room and sees Christ standing as a lamb slain. And at the very top is the image of the lamb. If you have a chance, go up and, and see that lamb. It's such a fit place for us to put that image. But you know where? And also, there's also other fitting places for that image to go. Maybe on our dumpster maybe on the handle of our toilet brush, the highest thoughts and the lowest thoughts of God embodied in that lamb. And finally, Jesus is the humble gardener inviting you, inviting I, myself into repentance. Our entanglement in the world and its broken systems are not shocking to him. Our secret sins do not surprise Christ. He is gentle, patient, peaceable, lighthearted, skilled 
like a well-seasoned gardener who knows the need of your hidden life, knows how to nurse the roots of your soul, knows what you need to be fruitful according to the time. Today, if you hear the voice of this gardener, this vine dresser who tends to you, turn around. Exchange your worn out mind. Trust and bear fruit. For repentance is not only the beginning of faith. It is its very beginning, middle, and end. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ Church Cathedral. Audio editing and original theme by Eduardo Farias. We hope you join us again soon. Have a blessed day.